0: This show is for you.
1: We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work.
0: This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. Allow us to reintroduce ourselves. That's actually, uh, I think that's from a rap song by Jay-Z. That's kind of what I want to be playing right now and singing right now. Because.
2: Reintroduce myself. (laughs)
0: That's what we want to do on this podcast episode. Uh, We realize that, you know, we have a, we have an episode and like kind of meet the Smiths. Here's who we are. Here's our story. But as one of the first episodes that we've done, and now that the podcast is almost, it's been around for almost three years. We thought we'd do a reintroduction one, because a lot of you listening who are new listeners may not have listened to that episode. And two, even a lot has changed for us since we shot that almost. Three years ago. So here is uh, the backstory of Smiths and how this podcast came to be.
2: So you might have already heard some of this, probably not all of it. We've jotted down some notes of things we want to be sure and head on. It's Just going to be, yeah, the story of how this podcast came to be. Also the story of family brand, our personal journey that has kind of led mm-hmm. us here to where we are today.
0: Yeah, and I don't want any of you to be like, wow, I'm going to have to dedicate five hours to this. So we're going to do it in a very efficient way.
2: Very quickly, (laughs) very fast.
0: And it's very uh, actually timely because this just happened by accident. This very shirt that Melissa is wearing that she got from her mom who lived in Jamaica for a time was the shirt that she wore on our first date. We actually even have a picture of that. We went on a four-wheeler ride and I still have that same shirt. So that was us. Oh, so young.
2: We're gonna recreate this this date.
0: So young, soon. Okay, but that
2: was like nineteen years ago. This month, actually.
0: Yeah, and Melissa doesn't wear this shirt very often, so it's funny that she wore it today to talk about our story.
2: Well, I didn't. It just happened. It was by accident. I didn't do it on purpose. No, that's but... what I'm saying.
0: It's funny. <laughs> so I was born January twenty. Just kidding. We're not. <laughs> um,
2: I was like, wow, okay, (laughs) taking it away back.
0: So I grew up in a really tiny farming, ranching, kind of mining town in southeastern Arizona uh, called Pima. We've actually moved back there. That will tell you that part of the story. And there's a junior college here, Eastern Arizona College. And Melissa's dad had gone to Eastern Arizona College. So she grew up hearing stories about this cool little town in southeastern Arizona and how much her dad loved it. And she kind of thought, well, I live in Phoenix. I kind of want to like, move away from home but be close enough to drive home on the weekends so she found herself at eastern arizona college and so did i
2: yeah i'd lived in the suburb of the phoenix area in gilbert basically my entire life but i didn't want to go i wanted to have an out of college experience or out of not out of college out of my hometown experience for college i wanted to move out of the house that seemed like a natural fit so chris and i met at ea our first, my first probably week, week there after I had graduated high school and we did not hit it off, I would say at all.
0: Well, <laughs> also thought I was arrogant and stuck up and cocky.
2: I did. But truthfully, it was because I think that I wanted him to pay more attention to me than he actually was. And so I thought, well, the reason he wasn't was must be because of, you know, he's arrogant and stuck up and et cetera. But look at us now. But look at us now. Okay, so fast forward that entire semester we talked a handful of times. Nothing of any depth or any magnitude. Chris moved away. I stayed there at college. And then that summer we happened to cross paths again. I would have moved ma- I had moved back home to Gilbert. Chris was actually living in Gilbert as well. We were both on dates at the movie theater with other people and we saw each other. And I feel like I always say, I feel like that is the first time that Chris saw me at the movie theater that day.
0: Yeah. And I was like, wow, I would rather be on a date with her than on who I'm on a date with. And
2: Which funny, I had seen him like a few weeks before and had felt stumped by him again. But whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I was living in Gilbert. Melissa was going to go back to my little hometown. I all of a sudden had this feeling like around that same time, like, hey, I'm supposed to move back to my hometown, which is really odd because I'd. Kind of like a, a, a small town you you move away from to like kind of stay away. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but there's just not a lot of opportunities, I guess. But I felt like I should move back to my hometown. I saw Melissa at the movies, asked her on a date that weekend. We went on a date the weekend before school started and never stopped dating. And and we got married. And it, what was interesting is when Melissa and I were dating, I think both of us really saw this really powerful vision of who we could be as a family together. Even though it might sound weird because we were only dating, but we would actually talk about how we thought we would complement each other so well as husband and wife and how our different personalities and our different strengths and we just could we just had this vision of raising this really awesome family and being a really amazing family even when we were dating and i think it was one of the things that really drew us to each other and i feel like although we never said anything at that time i think just part of our early beginnings was there was something around building a strong family together and something about just being intentional about a family and raising kids with intention and by design. So we get married, and then we find ourselves maybe like some, maybe like a lot of people that I've since realized is we didn't date for very long, got married fast, and we were kind of like, "Wait, who who are you?" And I think most was like, "Who are you?" And to say that we had a rocky start would be an understatement.
2: Yeah, you hear about the honeymoon phase and there was no honeymoon phase. Unlike you, I've come to realize, oh, that uh, this is not uncommon. But I think at the time, especially, I felt like we were we're the only ones that ever get married and ever have like a rocky, a rocky beginning.
0: Yeah. And people ask us sometimes, like, hey, you know, it comes up, how long have you been married? And, uh, you know, I always, I always joke we've been married for, you know, 18 years and friends for 14.
2: <laughs>
0: and sometimes people like think I'm joking, but it's you know, it's, it's really true. And so we, we just really struggled in, uh, in our marriage and really didn't know what to do about it. And, and, and reflecting now, we t- reflecting back on that. And even today, Melissa and I talk about this all the time. It's amazing how much that's just left to people to figure out on their own. Like the most, one of the most important things of your life, which is your marriage, your, 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 uh, your family, your parenting, your children, It's like there's endless amounts of resources for almost anything else you need to figure out in life. Like if you're a business owner and you want to improve the culture in your business, tons of resources. You're a business owner and you want to improve your brand, tons of resources, improve your marketing, your sales, right? Anything, tons of resources. You're a husband and wife who wants to be more intentional in your relationship or want to be more intentional in your parenting or more intentional as a family of how to grow together. Shockingly, not hardly any resources. And so we just struggled along trying to figure out the best we could. And fast forward, we have two beautiful little boys at the time. Uh, our oldest is a year and a half old. Our second is a newborn.
2: We'd been married f- about four years, almost exactly four years, actually, at this point.
0: Yeah. And we, we neither of us were really that happy in our marriage at that point. And I just came home one day and I just said, Hey, I don't, I don't know if I want to be married anymore. Like, and I think we should separate. And I was at the lowest point in my life. I felt like a failure as a husband, as a father, as an entrepreneur, I had two failing businesses. I owed people, money. I had zero self-worth. Like the thoughts that consumed my mind every day was I don't matter. I'll never be enough. My life has no meaning and purpose. And I just felt trapped in area of every area of my life. And I know that was, you know, obviously crushing for Melissa to hear that. Yeah, that, that was kind of, we separated for a couple months. I moved out of the house.
2: And I feel like for me, up until this point, I had been unwilling to maybe look at it. And I was I was just going to pretend like, we're just going to pretend everything is fine. We're not going to make waves. Like, I didn't know anyone else that ever talked about any struggle or challenge they had in their marriage. Or if they did, it was like someone I didn't really know that well. And it was like, well, they're weird. Or, of course, they have challenges. But no one I knew that I felt like I could talk to was, mm-hmm. had ever struggled that i knew of
0: and or they yeah they might have been but no it's just like yeah don't talk about about it it. yeah or you would hear like oh yeah we struggled early on in our marriage but this is like 15 20 years removed and so we just yeah we felt very very lost and and so we went to a marriage counselor
2: but i think you coming home and saying let's get separated was the maybe the wake-up call that i had to have to be like Mm. oh i can't just pretend this isn't happening anymore or really face this head on.
0: Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is actually has come, has become, um, by this quote by John Spence, you, you cannot change what you refuse to confront. And I think for the longest time in my own life personally, and then in our marriage, there were just things that I, and we, were just weren't willing to confront. And so, yeah. but you can't change what you don't, what you don't confront. And maybe that was the moment where it's okay, we got to confront this. Yeah. And I think obviously knowing what we know now, and that's why we feel so called to share family brand with the world is, there's actually a lot of things we could have done ahead of that to confront it in a more powerful, meaningful way with as without as much heartache. And so we, we separated for a couple months. Last ditch effort reached out to a marriage counselor that was in our area, scheduled the appointment, went, paid the money to go, and did not have a great experience. Um, neither one of us. We didn't feel like the marriage counselor really cared didn't really feel like they were there to listen to us. They were just kind of there to tell us what, how great they were as a marriage counselor and how they work with people. So it was really discouraging. So we're like, wow, well, uh, that wasn't very helpful. And we actually felt probably more lost and more confused than ever after that. And I, that, at that point, that was, for me is kind of like, okay, this is hopeless. Like, you know, but, and I, I was at a place where I was like, I don't see any possibility or hope for our marriage and I'm not willing to throw in the towel unless Melissa is too. So it wasn't, wasn't super powerful of me. And I actually, I love this quote. I'm a gentleman who had been married for over 60 years one time, someone asked him, hey, what's the key to a successful marriage? And he said, uh, it's that neither one of you are willing to throw in the towel at the same time. And I think that that's, there's some truth to that, that it, it takes two people to give up on the marriage. And to, for me, luckily for me, and I'll be forever grateful for Melissa, that she wasn't willing to throw in, in the towel when I was but I really kind of had checked out and, and Melissa came to me and said, Hey, I want to go see one last marriage counselor. And I have a really good feeling about this marriage counselor. You know, there's some things that she had read about him and heard about him that just had her have this like intuition. And she had some other intuition to be loyal to me, which I I think is powerful for her to share. But when Melissa first came to me, my first thought was like, no, like, why, why would I go through that experience again? I'm going to pay someone to have a horrible experience. and feel bad about myself. No, that does not sound like meaningful or fun. And then all of a sudden I had this like brilliant idea. I was like, actually, cause I'm kind of waiting for Melissa to throw in the towel too. No, this is brilliant. Let's go do this because when she realizes that even the guy she has a good feeling about can't help us, maybe she'll also realize this is hopeless and give up. And I kind of went there with the intention of sabotaging it. So just a side note probably not the best strategy or mindset to go into a marriage (laughs) counseling appointment with, but I really did go there thinking, yeah, okay, let's just go through the motions. This will be horrible. I'll be reluctant, you know, in my participation. And luckily for us, he was amazing.
2: Yeah, he really was amazing. And
0: talk about the intuition though. You, before you even found that statistic that you just kind of had this feeling like,
2: yeah, I just had this, well, this feeling that What we were going through, I feel like a lot of this at this point in our marriage was kind of on me. Maybe because I hadn't been willing to confront things or look at things that the marriage was... I was just feeling a lot from Chris that a lot of this was my fault or, like, my doing. Mm -hmm. And it was easy to take that on. But I just had this feeling one day, like, do you know what? This actually isn't about you. Like, there's nothing, like... You don't need to get stressed out about like all the things you can, you have to change and you have to do better, which of course there are things, you know, in this situation it takes two people to make a marriage better. But I just had this like feeling, this intuition I feel like from God that was like, you know what, you just have to be patient with this process and be loyal to Chris. Like it would have been so easy to just be so frustrated with the whole experience and with him and just walk away, I guess. But I felt so clearly like I just need to be there and I just need to be patient with Chris and with and with the process
0: but I also like when you say but but not forever not like I'm going to be a doormat and just wait around forever but for a period of time if this is what's required of me I'm willing to do that
2: yeah and it it was like being totally selfless I guess in the moment of like okay what this is what's required of me is just to be here in this in this moment and realize that this isn't about me i don't know if that really makes a ton of sense but
0: yeah and if any of you are like wow melissa sounds amazing she is she is as amazing <laughs> as she sounds She did, nice she did stand by me and believe in me when i probably wasn't worth believing in and so 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 we go to this appointment again we're sitting on this bluish gray couch couch cushion between us might as well have been an ocean between us and again very low expectations for me i think melissa was feeling a little bit of hope or at least the the hope that there was hope.
2: I only had seen his website and I loved his website, but that was the only thing I knew going in is I love what he stands for online. I didn't know anyone that had actually gone to him in person. And I really do feel like it was divinely orchestrated that we saw him.
0: Yes, we're sitting there and all of a sudden Gordon Gunnell walks into the room. And I don't know how to describe it other than just even when he walked in the room before he even said a word, just his presence and his way of being and kind of his smile. I just, I don't know, I just kind of, I was like, oh, it was just like intriguing to me. There was just, again, something about him. And I was like, maybe this guy's different. And then he sat down and he opened his mouth and absolutely confirmed to me that that there was something very different. And I'll never forget, like he sits down and looks at both of us, kind of smiles. And he just said, I'm really grateful that you're here. I'm really glad that you came today. And I really hope that I can make a difference for you. And I wanna add value to you and serve you and look, I, if I think that you guys have a marriage worth fighting for after I get to know you a little bit, and if you'll be honest with me and tell me the truth and I'll be honest with you and I'll, I'll, I'll share you my story. And, and again, if I, after hearing all that, if I think you have a marriage worth fighting for, I'll tell you that. And I'll tell you how to fight for it. And if I don't think you have a marriage worth fighting for, I'll tell you that because I don't think all marriages should be saved. And he's like, how does that sound? And all of a sudden I had two conflicting thoughts. One was Wow, that sounds amazing. Like that's all I've wanted this whole time. is just someone to be authentic and and tell us what they see. And the second thought was like, Man, this guy's really screwing up my plans because I thought he was going to be a disaster, <laughs> like the last person. And you know, this, you know, but it was so amazing that his presence and his way of being, it just yes, I think it helped both of us just instantly feel like we could connect with him. And he said, Well, you know, Chris, go ahead and tell me your story. And what was amazing is I I shared more with him. Then I had anyone else up to that point in time combined, just because I felt so safe and that I could share. And I just, he asked me about my background and my life and just me. And then he asked, he said, well, tell me how you met Melissa and how you guys fell in love, which is something like if you're in a rough place, that's kind of the last thing I think you want to talk about. But I, again, I trusted him and he was so real and authentic with me that I did. I, I talked about Melissa and how much I fell in love with her. And we were dating and this vision that we had at one time of who our family could be and who our, what our marriage could become. And it was interesting is as I started revisiting those old feelings in that story, like I started feeling some of those things again. And I was like, whoa, this is weird. Like I haven't felt any hope or any possibility in months and months and months. And like I could feel something. And then when he asked Melissa to tell her story and when she started describing how we met and how we fell in love and what she loved about me, I felt some of that again.
2: Well, I just say, I remember really clearly that he asked or him saying like, so, you, because I feel like at this point you had kind of talked yourself into believing that we never should have gotten oh, married.
0: Totally. And what's so interesting about that is I can't tell you the number of couples I've talked to that are struggling mm-hmm. that one or both of them have also convinced them, like, well, we were never in love. This was never, this never felt right. It was a mistake from the beginning. And I had really convinced myself of that. Like, I had really gotten to the place to your point of like, I believed it. I would go out and get other people to reinforce to me that I believed it. And so, yeah.
2: And I remember really clearly <laughs> you telling this story to him, which isn't that so interesting that you and I lived through the exact same experience like of this marriage and whatever, but it's so much of what we believe is the stories that we choose to believe and that we tell ourselves anyway, that's another episode another episode um our
0: lives are made up of stories <laughs> we choose to believe,
2: yes, but I remember him telling you he kind of called you out a smidge because. He said, so what were you attracted to about Melissa? And you told him like these things that were actually really real things. They weren't just like, she's hot or you know what I mean, whatever. And I remember him saying, so you, something to the effect of, so you were attracted to things of real value and you being like, yes. And I remember being like, ha.
0: <laughs> I knew it. I knew it all along. Yeah, no, because while, while I've, I had convinced myself that it was a mistake and we were never really in love. And we never, Melissa was like, no, that's not, we, we have, we had something real and we still have something real. There's still hope here. There's still possibility. Yeah. you're, And him helping me see that and asking me those questions was like, wow, there really is. In my mind, I'm thinking there really is something here and I'm feeling something that's, that's real. And then what was so fascinating for me is he also told us his story. He talked about how he was actually in a family owned business and was on kind of on the path to taking over that business. And it seemed like it would have been really lucrative and successful for him. And then he had some of his own marriage struggles and and he and his wife worked through them and really had a profound experience of improving their marriage. And he's like, wow, this is actually what I feel called to do. And so I think kind of against maybe the wishes or the intentions of his family, he went back and went back to school and became a marriage counselor. And he's like, this is what I feel called to do. And when he was telling his story, I could so relate to it because I was like, man that's all i want i want to find something i feel called to do like gordon does and i and i want to make a difference for people and then as simple as it sounds i'll never forget as long as i live he kept his promise and uh he looked at melissa and he looked at me and he kind of smiled at us and he goes yeah i i believe in you guys i believe that you guys have a marriage worth fighting for and you would think that it would have been something so much more profound than that but like just the simplicity and the authenticity when he said that to me, I was like, like, I felt something that I hadn't felt in a really long time. And I'm like, wow, maybe we do. And I could, for the first time in a long time, I felt a little bit of hope. I could see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. And that's when I realized like how much I think we underestimate speaking a little bit of possibility into people and just telling them what you see and breathing life into their dreams or breathing life into possibility or hope. And that day I had some of the most profound realizations that would like like change the trajectory of my life and put me on a path of even like what I'm doing now today. And the first realization that I had when Gordon said that was like, man, I've kind of written my marriage and my life off. Like it just feels hopeless, but yet no, like what I realized that day is I'm the author of my story. I'm the author of this story. So that was humbling because it was like, well, if I'm the author, then all this stuff in my life that doesn't work, I've authored it. But it was inspiring because it was like, well, if I'm the author, then I can, I can pick up the pen and write a new story. I can write a new story for who I want to be as a husband, as a father, as an entrepreneur for our marriage and go create it. And so pick up the pen became like this mantra for me of like, am I willing to do something about it? Am I willing to pick up the pen and write a new story? And then I also realized that day, like my life is just made up of the stories I'm choosing to believe. And so what if I stop choosing to believe these stories that don't serve me and Melissa and our marriage, and I start choosing to believe in a new story a new narrative. And then I think also probably one of the biggest realizations Melissa and I collectively had, as we talked about it was, I think it was easy for us to blame each other about the state of our marriage and keep score, but, but it was finally like, no, we're both 100% responsible for the success of our marriage. And so we actually are going to do another podcast episode about all the things we did to go from the brink of divorce to where we're at now, but I just, those are just a few things, but that, that, that was the beginning of changing everything for us.
2: And I think like we mentioned before, we had two little boys that were Tanner, our second was truly six weeks old, five or six weeks old at this point. And Tate, our oldest, was nineteen months old. And I think that those two little boys were the thing that had us be like, No, we have to figure this out.
0: Yeah, we have to fight. We're gonna fight for our marriage. And we didn't leave that a- we didn't leave that appointment that day saying, Oh, we're gonna stay together and stay married and be happy. But we did leave with, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our marriage and we owe it to our boys to really fight for this. So that if we end up, if we decide not to be married, we'll at least know that we really fought. And and we have an amazing episode that we shot. I don't know early on called why your marriage is worth fighting for. So if you're at that place where you're kind of wondering if you have a marriage worth fighting for, I would encourage you to go listen to that episode and we can link to it in the show notes.
2: I love this episode so far and I think we got to speed it up. Okay. Because <laughs> we, we love talking about this and I'm like, we usually try and keep to about a 20, 25 minute episode because we know that you are busy and you have families and jobs and careers and things. So we totally. like to condense it. So this is already longer than that. So let's- well, Now say, let's go
0: read your digest version. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So if you, if you, if you want to know if your marriage were fighting for, go listen to that episode. We decided we're going to fight for it and we don't even know if we'll save it. But we're going to fight for it. And as we started to fight for it and as Gordon helped us know how to fight for it. And as we started applying a lot of the principles and lessons that we're actually going to share with you in the very next episode. So pay attention to what's coming next in the very next episode. Those things allowed us to not just fight for it, but realize, no, we want to save this marriage, but we're not just going to make it work. We're not just going to exist. Like we're going to We're going to stay married and we're going to create something really beautiful. And I can truly say that like today, Melissa is my hero and my best friend. Like can't imagine life without her, not just compared to where we were, but just compared to anything. Like it's beyond what I could have ever imagined. And we still struggle. Like two weeks ago on a scale of one out of 10, I got a 6.5 from Melissa. So it's like, (laughs) it's not perfect. Like part of what makes it beautiful is the struggle. And so I love you,
2: Melissa. I love you too. We went to dinner with some friends uh, a couple months ago and she was saying something came up and she's like, you guys still struggle? And I was like, yeah, like stuff still comes up for us. It's not like it's perfect. And
0: part of me was like, wow, we got them fooled and got them duped. But (laughs) the other part was like, wow, we got to remind people like, yeah, everyone, everyone struggles. And so, so that put us on this trajectory of like, and I think one of the things that was really interesting is we took we got to a point eventually where we're just like, okay, divorce is off the table. Like we're going to be happy. We're going to create something amazing. We decided to be in the marriage. And so then, you know, Melissa was a nurse at the time. She's an RN, um, doing a little bit of nursing less and less and less as, as we start having more children. Fast forward today, we now have five children. I was really inspired by Gordon and really kind of made this commitment that I'm, I'm not going to go keep chasing other people's dreams. I'm going to go find something I feel called to do. And I was finally, you know, I was really blessed to be led to start my own company. And I've been able to do that for the last, you know, several years, coaching and consulting entrepreneurs and organizations around their identity and their story and their message and their culture and leadership. And it's just been super rewarding. I've been able to create just the most inspiring team of people that I get to work with. And I'm driving home from the office several years ago, maybe a few years ago, and before covid the way we would work with our clients is our one-on-one clients would fly into Phoenix, spend a day with us at our office to kind of kick things off for this like six-month engagement. And this particular founder of this company, after, the, after that one day, after our first day, he said, man, Chris, the work we did today around our identity and our story and our message, like we're more clear today than the entire time we've been in business on who we are and what we stand for. This is going to impact our company for the next hundred years. And I was like, wow. It's like, that's amazing. Like it made me feel so fulfilled and you know, just like happy about the work we were doing and the impact it was making. But then on the drive home, I started thinking about my own little family. And this time Melissa and I are, you know, happily married. We have five children. And I started thinking, well, I want that for my family. Like why, why am I providing that for companies, but not even provide it for my own family? I want, I want me and, you know, cause Melissa and I again had that vision ever since we were dating about the kind of family we could have. And, and I think we, at that point really were striving to be as intentional as we knew how but we're like, there's not a lot of resources again. And so I told Melissa we should take our family through my business process. We should like define our identity as a family and what we stand for as a family, what we want to be known for, like how we're going to live a life of adventure and possibility. And another thing that motivated me to do that was, you know, I'm, I'm the youngest of six children. And unfortunately, both of my brothers have passed away from addiction and suicide. And I've lost a nephew to it. And I've had just other members just struggle tremendously. And, and I just, part of my desire was too was to rewrite that narrative for my own children of what it really means to be a Smith. And, and so it was, I think we took our family through my process and it was really remarkable for us. I had a desire to like continue improving the narrative of what it means to be a Smith. And I think knowing that we had saved our marriage and just felt called to share those, the things we did with others to hopefully help them. Those three things kind of all culminated into, Hey, let's, Let's take this out to the world and share it with other families what we've done and that was really kind of how family brand was born and Melissa had a really profound experience, I think of our our real commitment to share it with the world,
2: yeah, so Chris, after we took our family through through it, we had kind of branded our family, Chris loved talking about it to anyone he could meet, basically,
0: whether they were interested or not,
2: <laughs> and so people started asking about it and it we ended up doing this family workshop kind of on accident, and and it was really cool. Chris and I got to facilitate that, but that was the first time I had really had the opportunity to speak to families in in this way about about family brand and about you know they're creating a future together in this way, and I really liked it. I thought it was cool, and that was but that was kind of it. And then
0: well, we also had a lot of families coming up to us after the end of that one day workshop in San Diego, saying like this is amazing. This is what we've been looking for. We didn't know something like this existed where we could actually know how to like, be intentional as a family, how to grow together, how to define what we stand for.
2: Yes. And so around that same time, just a couple months later, I had to make a decision about my nursing license. I was either going to have to let it go, um, just the requirements I needed to work some more hours to keep my license active. So I was either going to have to work a lot or I was going to have to choose to let it go. So I had this question that I'd actually heard on a podcast that I decided, you know what? As I'm making this decision, what I really want to do is I want to involve God in the process. And so the question was, how can I build your kingdom? You know, as you're as you're praying. And one day I felt so clearly that to build like build my kingdom, build his kingdom by building families. And from that moment on, I didn't know exactly what that would look like. Family Brand was just this random one-day workshop we had done at that point and just something we had done with our own family. But from that moment on, I felt like, okay, I don't know what that looks like, but can I speak powerfully about families and can I lead families to a similar, you know, outcome that, that we have had? And I thought, yeah, absolutely, especially if I feel like that is what I'm being called to do right now. So, that led to us uh, shortly thereafter we kind of um more formally like kind of putting together some curriculum based on what we had done in that workshop and then other things and family brand the curriculum itself has evolved immensely since since then. It's just getting better and better and which turned into then a podcast we wanted to i wanted to selfishly i wanted to practice speaking and getting my voice out there because. I had been, for the most part, a stay-at-home mom for a good 10 years, and so I just felt like I wanted that practice, and I've loved doing the podcast for that reason, the Family Brand Podcast. So we started the Family Brand Podcast in 2020, at the very end of 2020, and then am I leaving any big gaps?
0: Yeah, I think Melissa's been amazing. I think we've missed two weekly episodes in almost three years because of her commitment to, and, you know, our podcast is Reached number two in the kids and family category when it launched. It's consistently been in the top fifty family category on iTunes, thanks to all of you who listen and, and Melissa's commitment to this. And so just and hearing stories of people saying like, "Wow, your podcast is really impacting our family and our home and our marriage and our kids," and we didn't know something like this existed. And then families, more and more families, like, can we go through it like you guys did? And So we created that digital program, like Melissa said, that families are now buying and go- going through it on their own, and they they come out with just this identity of their family. And their mission, vision, values, and how to live it and how to, you know, really be more courageous in living the life they want. And then and
2: their family, really looking at your family culture and, you know, what kind of culture you're creating in your family. What is your, what do you want as a family? Like start dreaming again and living more fully who you want to be as a family.
0: And we've we've taken several groups of families who want a higher level, a little bit higher level experience through the, through the curriculum. And then we've had a lot of families hire us just one-on-one to guide them through it. So it's been so meaningful and, you know, our own family's like brand and identity and values has like just been so impactful to us. Like in, in, December of 2020, we sold everything we owned and moved to the North shore of Oahu, Hawaii. And really the only reason we did it the only reason we felt like we had the courage to do it was because of some of our own family's values around who we are as Smiths and Smiths are adventurous and we're creators and. So it just led us on some really magical experiences and allowed us to live a bigger life of possibility and really take back our family and live the way we want to live and live in a way that's, you know, it's important to us. And it just guides so many of our our decisions we make every single day.
2: Which that is really fun. The whole year of our podcast, the whole year of 2021, for the most part, was coming from Hawaii. So it's fun to go back and see, just see that. Process, you know, it's all documented in the podcast.
0: Yeah, and I would say like the last kind of evolution of this recently has been that again, we we keep seeing that there's just not a lot, there's not enough resources out there for families to really live with intention and live with purpose and live by design and live a life of possibility. And so we're you know we're doing the best we can and and we're encouraging more and more people to start companies like Family Brand and share the message. And someone, a really brilliant entrepreneur, said to us recently, "said We part of the challenge is you guys have invented a new category. You just don't know it. Like, there's not a category that exists for something like family brand, like there is for like culture development, a business, or brand development, or team development, like for entrepreneurs. And and so we've really thought about that. And we're like, well, for us, family brand is 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 not just mission, vision, values. That's a part of it. It's also personal development, personal growth, marriage growth." Growth in your career, your health, like it's, and so it's like personal development for the whole family. Like we we believe we've created something where it's not just the entrepreneur can grow, or the kids can grow, or the marriage can grow, or the parenting. It's it's all of it, and so for us, that's what we've we've created this new category called family development, which you really never hear talked about. But we've really just kind of declared that Melissa and I are we're gonna we are the leaders of the family development movement, and we want more and more coaches and. Families and people to come join this movement that believe in this idea that, that an entire family can grow together husband, wife, children. And so we are committed to bringing the best of personal development, marriage, family, business, health, mindset, and bringing that into a place where families, everyone in the family, can take advantage of all of that and, again, just grow together as a family.
2: And I think the reason why this conversation of family is so important is because we believe that so many of the challenges um facing the world can actually be addressed much sooner than they are and that's in the family and just think of what an impact you know if if every person was able to focus in on in on their family and the the little people in it what an impact that would have in the world in not a very long time i know sometimes it feels like a long time when it, you think like oh i have 18 years <laughs> to raise this This child, it can feel like a long time, but in the grand scheme of things, that is not, it's not a very long time to start seeing real change and impact in the world.
0: You know, I want to share something that I wrote the other day in, in, in answer to a question where someone was asking me, you know, why, why do you feel like families are so important or what kind of difference could families make in the world? And I just said, imagine homes and families where there is a true understanding of being unconditional love and belonging. Imagine homes and families where each member of the family has a voice, is accepted for who they are and is given tools to help them discover and live into their true authentic gifts? What if an individual's childhood no longer became something they had to overcome later in life, but could actually be a springboard for them into love, possibility, and freedom? And so it's like, we just we know that's possible. We know it's possible. Not, never, not ever going to be perfect, but we know it's possible to create a culture inside of homes and families where, yeah, there is a real spirit of belonging. People really are loved, and those homes are filled with just freedom and possibility and those are the future leaders of the world. And so we just are stoked to be on this journey and leading this family development movement. And yeah, would invite you to come along on the journey with us in whatever way feels most aligned to you and your family.
2: I think right here it would be fun to tease just a couple little things. You know, we've been really the last few weeks introspective about what does the future of family brand look like? How do we want to reach families, reach more families? And so maybe teasing a few things is that we're gonna, of course, continue the podcast. We love doing the podcast. Right now we have our program you can go through. Occasionally we do group programs, but we really have decided we want to make resources that are available to more families, kind of meeting you, meeting people families where they're at right now. So that's maybe smaller um like little worksheets or smaller bite-sized um courses or programs. What else would you like a family
0: like a family journal, a family uh, planner, like just things that we have been utilizing in our own family that allow us to just be more connected, that allow us to live a more simple, intentional life and connect stronger as a family and build a stronger culture. Yes, there are the always going to be the opportunities to come and coach with us, go through our group program, buy our digital program, which I'd recommend. Like it's life changing, the most important investment you'll ever make. And there's a lot of other resources that we have Develop that we want to start sharing with all of you
2: yeah i think the last thing we really have felt strongly about is we want to create more of a community around family brand we love that we have this podcast we love you know that we're growing our social media but we've seen in these few little groups that we've been able to do we have one actually going right now when we get families together and they can talk about these important things and really um Really share their hearts, like how impactful it is to have these families being able to communicate together and learn and grow together with one another. We want to be able to give access to that to more families and not just, you know, a handful of families every year. Okay. <laughs> so that's looking forward to the future of Family Brand. And we just want to thank you for being part of our, of our journey. Wherever you've joined us on this journey, whether it's three years ago or this is your first episode. Um, we believe in the power of family and just want to acknowledge you for what you are doing in your families family is a difficult and challenging and truly a never-ending a never-ending calling or never-ending work and but i know at the end of our lives like that is you're gonna look back and think like that is the thing that has mattered most and be so proud of of everything that you that you've built for your family
0: and I wasn't planning on sharing this, but it just occurred to me, you know, if, if you're hearing this and there's any aspect of this idea of the family development movement that calls to you and it's like, I don't even know what, but I want to be a part of that somehow. You know, we are, we are building out a team of certified coaches. We are licensing this, you know, so some, some of you might say, I want to be involved in this and to the extent that I want to go through the program and be in your community and have my family benefit. Some of you are listening to this thinking, I want to teach this. I have a passion for family. Some of you might be listening to this thinking, I already work with families. I would love to add this. We are just committed to to getting this message out of, of the family development movement to as many people as we can so that we can change the world one strong family at a time.
1: Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you.
0: You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed